0: Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, outreach of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk. Oh, my adoring fans. Get ready for a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of common sense. You said it, brother. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all your love and your support and just being here with me and being here for me. I appreciate each every one of you. You know, today um, I was looking over some things, reading through some articles, educating myself, ladies and gentlemen, which each and every one of us should be doing. And it's not that difficult. Go find a great news source such as Daily Wire, Something of that nature, maybe. Uh, what is there? Epic Times, uh, News Max, not Newsweek, News Max, and just start reading. If you have to pay for a subscription, they're usually fairly inexpensive. But start reading and get educated on some of these things. Find out what's going on in our world from a real-world source that doesn't have any reason to lie to you. They're not connected to any uh, party. I'm the ones that I just mentioned are conservative, but they're not being controlled by any party, where CNN, MSNBC, and now even beloved Fox News, for the most part, is being controlled by the liberals, by the Democrats. So stay away from those. They're just garbage. Today, I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you a little bit about Marxism, communism. But before I get into an article, and this article that I'm going to read is very, very, very short. But it just gets to the point and says what it needs to say. That's what I appreciate. But before I get to that article, I want to share something with you. This is a a plug for a movie. Now, I don't normally do this for a lot of reasons, even though there might be some movies out there that I enjoy. My wife and I, (laughs) now I'm going to give you a plug for uh, VidAngel. But my wife and I, when we do watch TV, we don't have cable or satellite or anything like that. So we don't have the normal stations. We just watch things, uh, maybe Netflix or Amazon or something of that nature. But we also we watch it, we filter it, if you will, through VidAngel. VidAngel is an app that you can uh, get for your uh, television for watching these things, you know, like on Fire Stick or whatever. And it filters. You can set the filters. If you don't want any cursing, you can block out all the cursing. If you don't want violence, you can block out all the violence. If you don't want any nudity, you can block out all the nudity. And that's what we do. So some two-hour movies turn out to be 15-minute movies when we get rid of the garbage. (laughs) Maybe not that bad, but it seems like it sometimes. So we watch everything on our television at home through VidAngel. Because, honestly, I just... Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what's going on in Hollyweird, but Hollyweird has really lived up to its name. They're weird. They're pushing such a strange, um, I don't know. I don't want to call it an agenda because I don't know if they all got together and thought about it. But nonetheless, it's over-sexualized. We watched that movie. uh, Oh, what was the name of the movie? Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer. And going into it, I thought it was going to be a movie more about the the bomb the atomic bomb in which it was but it was more about oppenheimer the man and it was just kind of strange because uh, a lot of people say they like like the movie some people didn't like it i liked the historical aspect i liked the aspect of even more getting into his personal life how the, that man's mind really worked I didn't mind that per se, but then there was just gratuitous sex scenes. When I say gratuitous, I'm not saying the guy was supposed to be, you know, just a, a womanizer. So we would expect that in his life. But what I don't expect that is on the big screen, especially when it doesn't need to be on the big screen. There was ways to film it, edit it in such a way that we got the idea without really getting the full idea. And that just disgusted me because there's a lot of people that are going to go to this movie because they were interested in Oppenheimer, interested in the bomb, interested in history, interested in the things that were going on at that time. And then in that era and where are they going to get, you know, basically soft porn in some areas. Don't need that. That's garbage. And Hollywood be a, should be ashamed of yourself. The producer, the director, the writers that put that in there, even the actors should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. The overall story, and honestly, the whole storyline lost it for me. I don't even remember most of what was in that movie. I have to really sit down and think about it because I was just really disappointed. And, and what a, another thing that was extremely disappointing to me Now, hold on to your hats for this for just a moment. You have to hear me. Was one of the young men at my church says, I really want to go see this movie with you, you know? And I said, yeah, let's go see this movie because I wanted to see it anyways. But he was like, I want to see it with you. It was like a, a great bonding moment. So he took us, he, you know, made the plans. He took us and everything. And that aspect was great. So can you imagine being in his shoes when all this garbage is up on the screen with his pastor and friend sitting next to him? Now, I didn't hold it against him because he didn't make the movie and he didn't know what was in the movie. So I I don't hold it against him whatsoever at all. But I remember being in those shoes one time many, many years ago, something very, very similar. My wife and I saw a movie and uh, way back when it was, um, oh, who did that? I forget. what, Clean Flicks, I think was the name of it. Clean Flicks. That was where they would take these movies and basically make them for like TV TV versions of them and then you can rent them and watch the movie you don't want all the garbage. So we watched this movie. It was a phenomenal movie but we watched it on Clean Flicks and so we thought it was a great movie and so we had some friends over. We rented the movie because we didn't have the Clean Flicks version anymore but we rented the movie just not even thinking that it could be that bad and it was so filthy. We were sitting there just embarrassed. We ended up having to turn it off and apologize and then explain to them You know, so I say this. uh, I'm not going to name your name only because I didn't get your permission to, but I know you're going to listen to this. I hold nothing against you whatsoever. Not at all. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. I was in your shoes, literally, pretty much almost exactly. And, well, it embarrassed me. It shamed me personally for me, but it wasn't because my friends did this, and I don't do this to you. But again, ladies and gentlemen, put yourself in that shoes where you just want to go watch a, cl- a good movie with good content. Because in that movie, Oppenheimer, there was some of the top-notch actors and actresses. I mean, the cast was spectacular. Most, all of the dialogue was spectacular. The writing, the scenery, all that was spectacular. What ruined it was garbage like this, this, um, these sex scenes that just did not need to be in there whatsoever. And I say the same thing, and it's not just that movie, but any movie. You don't need the gratuitous sex scenes and you certainly don't need a bunch of F-bombs in these movies. That just shows you how much how, how much uh, not only the writers, the producers, the directors, and even the actors and actresses that are willing to use that kind of language on the big screen. It just shows you how, um, what's the word I'm looking for, classless they truly are, even in real life. Because they're willing to sell themselves in that manner, whether they do a sex scene or just gratuitous you know, uh, sex, violence, or or, cursing and swearing and such. It just tells you who they really are in real life. I've lost a lot of um, respect for a lot of these actors and actresses when I see them uh, do these types of things on the big screen because I always put myself in this situation. Now... Children should not be taken to these types of movies to begin with. I know that. But let's face it, children are either going to see it or they're going to be affected by it because mom and dad's going to go see it. Then mom and dad get a bad mouth. Mom and dad think it's normal because it's normalized it's literally ladies and gentlemen, it's actually normalized when you're willing to pay money to go enjoy that kind of behavior on the big screen as entertainment. It's going to seep over into your children, and your children's life. We know this. It's just it's just common sense. So what would I say to all you wonderful people out there? Stop seeing these movies. Just don't go. And and then tell these uh, people. Why? We're not going to go see this movie because we just looked it up and it has 15 F-bombs in it. We don't need that. We're not going to go pay money for that. Oh, we're not going to see this movie here because it got three sex scenes. We don't need that. Oh, we're not going to go see this movie. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not against violence per se because sometimes it's real world. You see a war movie, you know, it's depicting war. You're going to see violence in war. What I'm completely against is gratuitous violence, you know, such as those movies such as Saw... Or any of those horror flicks that just is depicting um, violence almost as a fun thing, you know, for somebody. I don't I don't like that. I don't like gratuitous violence, and I don't really like the really um, graphic violence when it doesn't need to be. Again, if I'm watching a war movie or something of that nature, um, maybe that's a little bit different. But that's a big difference than watching, say, Saving Private Ryan, where these things are real world and it actually happened. And our and our men that went over there actually witnessed this and saw this. And even, you know, some of them came home with missing limbs and everything. That's real world. We don't need to turn that into, quote unquote, entertainment. But from a historical standpoint and a, and a standpoint of just understanding what they went through, yes, you know, When I say I'm all good for it, I'm not all good because that's real world stuff that people actually experienced. So anyways, how did I get off of uh, VidAngel? Anyways, get VidAngel and watch all your movies and even TV shows because some of the TV shows today are just garbage with the nonsense that they throw in there. And the overall show might be okay, but they throw in these garbage scenes and this garbage language and you can get rid of all of it with VidAngel. Now, VidAngel should send me some royalties because I just gave him a plug. Um, but that's not really what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about this movie. Uh, and again, I don't normally do this, but I'm doing this. Well, you'll see why in a moment. But there was a movie, is a movie, was a movie, called For Greater Glory. And uh, the subtitle is The True Story of Christiata. Christiata. I believe that's how you pronounce that word. Anyways, it was. it's a movie about... Mexico in the 1920s, where uh, the president at the time, I believe the president was uh, communist or leaning very much communist, and he started enacting some laws against the Catholic Church and against the priests and such. And it really started to cause a lot of problems. It wasn't just problems for the church, it was problems for all of Mexico and all the Mexican people. And so a Basically, a civil war breaks out, and there was this general, Goros Diada, hopefully I'm saying that right, played by Andy Garcia, his wife, uh, and his wife, um, who was played by Eva Longoria. Anyways, they were witnessing this, watching this, but he didn't want to get into this battle. He was retired, but when he began to see just how bad it was getting for the people of Mexico, even though in the movie he wasn't much of a religious man, he knew he had to fight on behalf of religious freedom in Mexico. So he gets into it. And I I won't say any more than that. Uh, It's a great movie, by the way. It's a phenomenal movie. I don't know why it didn't do better at the box office. I do have some ideas. Number one, it took place in Mexico. A lot of Americans aren't really interested in what took place in Mexico, even though Mexico is right there, our neighbor to the south. We should be very much involved in Mexico in a positive way and interested in what's going on in Mexico because... What goes on in Mexico eventually makes its way across the border to us. We should have a great relationship with Mexico, and we should do everything we possibly can do to help our Mexican neighbors. But nonetheless, again, this goes back to 1920, with the communist uh, takeover of Mexico, or attempted takeover, and them fighting against it for their freedom. Another reason why I don't think this movie did so well at the box office is was because it was about the defeat of communism and the wickedness, the evil that communism is. And, of course, they defeated communism and the wickedness of communism. And a lot of people today, even here in the United States of America, are so left-leaning, so socialist-minded and communist Marxist-minded that that offends them. Yeah, they're the crowd that gets offended at everything except their own stupid behavior. They get offended at you when you don't wear a mask and they demand that you wear a mask. They get offended at you that you don't believe or buy into the lie of the climate change they get mad at you when you don't uh um where you feel that abortion is actually murder and it should be illegal they get so mad at you that they'll literally scream in your face over that something of that nature they'll protest everything that's good but they will certainly fold like a bunch of crying babies when somebody protests them and their beliefs that's why I believe that this didn't do too well at the bo- uh, box office, which is really sad to me because it really was a phenomenal movie. Or is, I should say, because it's still in circulation. Is It came out in 2012. And if you haven't seen it, it's called For Greater Glory. For Greater Glory with um, <clears throat> Andy Garcia and Eva Longoria. You can find it easily. Please watch this movie. And and. And learn from this movie. What they had to go through in Mexico in the 1920s. Ladies and gentlemen, if we don't get our heads screwed on straight and stop what's going on here in the United States, you know, in a big way, we're going to have to do the same thing to fight our way out of this mess that's being created by these leftists. So, uh, please, watch that movie. Check it out. Get into it. Great movie. Love it. And uh, I was just thinking the other day, because I was just in Mexico... And we were uh, we were just there, just hanging out, praying and such. And that movie kept coming up in my mind many, many times. So I'm going to watch that again very soon, maybe even tonight. I don't know. And uh, because it was a great movie, and it's just something that speaks it should speak to all of us. But now here's the article I want to share with you. And this is again out of Daily Wire, and um, this was published yesterday, September sixth, 2023. And by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, today's Thursday, at least at the time of this recording. Thursday, uh, September uh, 7th, 2023, and it's 2.09 p.m. Moms and dads, where are your children? Wives, where are your husbands? Husbands, where are your wives? I don't know why I said that. I just said it's 2.09 p.m., and it reminded me of uh, like a commercial that they used to give many, many years ago. Parents, where are your children? Reminding parents, oh yeah, we got kids. We better go find them. (laughs) It's pretty sad when you have to put out a commercial break to remind parents that they actually have children. Go figure out where they're at. (laughs) Anyways, this is uh, from uh, Daily Wire again, their news section. And the title of this article says, thousands of parents in Mexico torch Education materials featuring Marxist-Communist indoctrination, a report says. And the picture here is boxes of what appears to be books and materials, a large like a pile of boxes, all on fire up in flames, and people in the background uh, kind of protesting and such, or it looks like a protest around this bonfire of um, these boxes full of the, these materials. This article was uh, written by Ryan Saavedra, S-A-A-V-E-D-R-A, Saavedra, and again, this was published yesterday in the Daily Wire. It says, thousands of parents in Mexico took to the streets last week to burn education materials that featured Marxist-Communist indoctrination from the country's Department of Education. I, I know, I always tell myself, okay, just read through the whole thing and then make a comment, but it's... Every time I read something on these podcasts, it triggers something that I have to comment on. So here comes my comment, uh, not directly related. Well, I guess it is related. You know, here right now, we're having a lot of discussion about so-called banned books from libraries here in America. And the people with the bright pink and the, and the purple and the green hair are up in arms that there's actually parents out there that don't want certain books in the school, not public library, but school libraries because they don't want their children to be reading these things or looking at the pictures in them. And usually, maybe not all, but usually those books have something to do with the over-sexualization that's going on in our school system right now, where they're literally teaching kids as young as now kindergarten Yes, ladies and gentlemen, kindergarten, they're starting this um, so-called sex ed where they're teaching our children that it's okay to be transgender. If you feel like a girl, then you really are a girl. Go tell your teacher, but don't tell your mom, you know, where they're even teaching the children to accept pedophilia. Yeah, adults, adults having sexual contact with the children. They're grooming the children and teaching the children that that's okay go with it and that's in some of these books that are being um you know for lack of a better word banned the reality of it is none of the books are being banned you can still go into a, a bookstore and buy it you can go into your public library and probably check it out but i agree with the parents they, this garbage does not need to be in any library in any school and they certainly don't need to be in any library they don't even need to be written it's garbage garbage material but the fact that they're there and we're a free country we have freedom of speech and if you want to put that speech into a book and sell it go for it but it should not be on display for our children i remember when i was a little kid all the porno magazines uh what were they uh playboy of course what else i don't even i never was really into it so hustler those are the only two i can remember but there were several more they would have they were kind of wrapped in a package that you couldn't see the cover, just the name. So you knew it was Playboy or Hustler or whatever. And they were behind the counter so children couldn't get to them. Or, you know, people that found that offensive wouldn't have to be faced with it. All you could see is the title of it. If you wanted to buy it, you go up to the to the counter and tell the clerk, I want that Playboy, I want that whatever, the other thing. And they would give it to you. Even there, it wasn't banned. It was just... Kind of hidden from innocent eyes, all right? And it's the same thing with books nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. Um, There's no such thing as really a banned book, at least in America. If, if you don't believe me, go into your public library and just do some... Re- well, maybe you shouldn't because some of you might enjoy that. And now you finally, wow, I hit the treasure chest. Now I know where to get this perverted garbage. Anyways, so thousands of parents in Mexico took to the streets. They were burning this Marxist-Communist indoctrination from the country's Department of Education. What they were basically saying is we don't want this garbage taught to our children. Let me continue reading this. Financial Times reported that one of the officials behind the push to indoctrinate children in Mexico was a former Venezuelan governmental official. So this former Venezuelan government official, he does his job in Venezuela of destroying that country through communism, through Marxism. He destroys his own country, and then he jumps over to Mexico to destroy Mexico. Who's really behind this? Honestly, because I don't know about you. If I'm here in America, right, and I'm just going about my daily life. And somebody starts telling me about this thing called Marxism, communism, whatever. And it sounds good. And they really sell it really well. And I push for it. And I help bring it to pass. And then I suffer the consequences of it. Okay, Suffer the consequences of it. it destroys the economy. It destroys people's lives. People are so hungry because food, they can't get food. There's no food in the markets. They, they can't travel anywhere. They can't leave the country to go find a better life or anything like that out of fear, they'll be shot and killed. So they're literally starving and eating, literally eating. Venezuelans have been eating their pets just to survive. They've been looking for dogs and cats in the streets just to survive. Ladies and gentlemen, this is really going on. This is what communism does, Marxism does. Now, if I was to help bring that in and now I'm eating my dog just to survive, I think I would like, or I maybe I wasn't, Maybe I was one of the officials that was living fat and healthy somewhere. But I'm looking out my window at my countrymen eating their dogs. I don't know about you, but I have enough sense in me, heart, if you will, to know regardless of how I was living, eating my, my pets to survive or eating a huge steak because I'm at the top of the heap. I would like to think that I would have enough common sense and enough compassion for my countrymen to realize I made a mistake, but this guy doesn't do that. This, this former Venezuelan government official, he pops over to Mexico to try to recreate in Mexico what he created in Venezuela or to destroy Mexico the way he destroyed Venezuela. And the, some of these parents got really upset at this garbage and said, no, 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 we're not going to go there. We're not going to be part of that. We're not going to go there. Let's burn this garbage. It says the books were woke. Filled with hard-to-follow material full of errors, a lack of basic language and mathematical exercises, and irrelevant or highly age-inappropriate content. That's what it says here. That's what some of these parents, that was the argument that this, these books are woke, they're full of hard-to-follow material. It's confusing because it's hard to follow material, lacks basic language and mathematical exercises. It's dumbing down our children and it's irrelevant or highly age inappropriate in its content. Meaning they're trying to push this sexual agenda on our children before they're They're uh, mature enough to handle that kind of content. It's garbage, ladies and gentlemen, not just there, but here. It says, Fox News reported that at least 12,000 parents in southern Mexico attended the protest where the Marxist books were burned. 12,000 parents. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen. In Mexico, in Mexico, 12,000 parents parents in southern Mexico attend this protest where they're burning these books in the open saying enough is enough We don't accept this for ourselves or for our children. They burn these books 12,000 parents. Why is it that when we have a similar type of protest we get maybe 200? Why is it that Mexican parents understand this? They get it and they rise up as one voice one man and fight by burning these books, 12,000 of them, we have the same problems here. We're trying to fight against it. We have a rally, and we get maybe 200 people, sometimes less. Why is that? So, I, I mean, I hate to say like this. I never thought I would say this because I'm very much a pa- patriot. I love this country. I love the people of this country. I don't like my government, but I love the country. And uh, I think United States of America is still the greatest country on the face of the planet. But at the same time, I'm just going to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not losing my patriotism by saying this. When I see people in Mexico rising up, and uh, um, was it about two years ago, we saw the people of Greece rising up. We saw some people in, was it the Netherlands, where they did the tractor, uh, the farmers and the tractors doing the protests, and then other places where they have the truckers doing their protests, And I see thousands upon thousands of people in these other nations rising up and doing this, but then on a local front right here, when we're fighting some of the um, very similar heinous things that they're trying to push on our children, we get 200. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? That that American exceptionalism, well, we've lost that. Uh, Not me, but many of you, unfortunately. If you've never been to a rally, if you sit back and say, yeah, this stuff's got to stop, but you won't go to the rally to help make it stop, You're the person I'm talking about. I'm going to try to say this as nice as I possibly can because I am a man of God. I am a church leader. Some call me pastor. I'm really an apostle, but whatever, pastor, you can call me that. It's, how can I say this nicely? I don't know that I can say this nicely. So um, I'm just going to say it. You men out there that know that this stuff is wrong and you don't show up to these rallies and you don't stand up, you don't let your voice be heard, shame on you. Once you grow some. You call yourself men. You're not. You're not. At at best, you're a male at best. But a man fights for his family. A man fights for his community. A man fights for his country. And some of you will sit back on your couch in the comfort of your own home and complain about what's going on and yet do nothing to rise up and put a stop to it, such as these 12 thousand mexican parents that said enough's enough we're not taking this garbage anymore we're burning this garbage in the streets and then here in america here in good old us of a we can't even get some of you off the couch a bunch of lazy hypocritical unpatriotic uh, wusses that need to rise up and do something yes ladies and gentlemen you heard it right here i am so sick and tired of walking the streets full of males and very few men that'll actually do something to protect themselves, protect their wives, protect their children, and protect the nation that we claim to love. Anyways, let me go on with this article. It's actually almost over. It says, the material has faced backlash even in Mexican news media. Mexico is at risk from a virus that people thought was eradicated the communist virus. Mexican News anchor Javier Alatorre said in front of a backdrop of a hammer and sickle with the country's educational officials, they want to condemn Mexico to poverty, mediocrity, and hatred. So the virus that I'm, I'm guessing that he's speaking of, of course, is the communist virus, but I believe he's thinking back to Mexico's history not so long ago, where, uh, again, communism was taken over, and we get that movie, uh, For Greater Glory?, that's the depiction. That's the movie about that era and what went down there, and it's interesting, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's very interesting that 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 movie uh, was I don't know if it was filmed there, but it was about it. It all took place where that movie was. The you know the original story, what originally happened, took place in the general area that I go minister to in Mexico. I didn't know this right up front, but when we started going to this place, it was actually somebody who has their roots there says, Hey, watch this movie because this movie is about that area and what took place, um, back then with the communists and everything. So, okay. So I was really moved and it was amazing to me to say, now God has called me to that very area. And I do a lot of my work there in that area. Um, And one of the things that we still do, and this isn't just there in Mexico, this is everywhere, is we are doing our best to help change the mindset of people wherever they're at. We go in, we find out, okay, this needs to change, that needs to change, this is happening, so this needs to change. And we don't just do that in Mexico, we do that anywhere. Just the same way, when I have people come in uh, from out of our area, they come in to do some ministry or something at our church, um, almost always I ask them, maybe not this question word for word, but this is the principle. What do you see that I can't see? You know, that's the principle behind it. It may not come out in a question just like that. It may come out in casual conversation or as we're sitting down at lunch. You know, what do you see? What's going on? What do you feel for our region? What's going on? Because I want to hear the good, bad, and ugly. Like I'll give you an example M- with uh, my good friend, Rion, in South Africa, he was out with us, and we were driving on the freeway, not too far from us. And there's one part of this freeway; it curves around from one town to another. And it's generally in that area that I've had other people that are very prophetic. They come in there and they say, "Oh wow!" As soon as we came around that mountain right there, something hit me. God's going to move here. Blah blah blah. They've never. Some people have never been there before, and they're 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 just. God's got a call, there's going to be this, there's going to be that, God's doing you know, because they come into that region and they come into that anointing and that place where God is at and what he's doing. So anyway, so when Rion came in, I said, so what do you what do you feel, what do you sense right here, what do you mean? I said, well, others have, they come in. they feel something, and I went ahead and told him, you know, they feel this, they say this, and he says... I don't feel that at all, and he said something very different, and I went, "Huh!" And it really kind of let the wind out of my sails, to be honest, at that moment. I was expecting him to give this big, grandiose, prophetic word with some insight that God just showed me as we come around this mountain that this great thing is going to happen, and that great thing has happened, and that just like the other ones. And I'm not saying any of them were wrong. What I'm saying is, somebody like like Rion, who is extremely, I'm talking extremely prophetic. I mean profoundly prophetic says i don't feel any of that and then s- begins to start saying some negatives it took the wind out of my sails because at that moment what i realized is hold on to your hats ladies and gentlemen what i what i realized at that moment was the ministry church leaders of our region dropped the ball big time in a very profound horrendous way and they don't even realize it see they had these prophetic words and insight And these hopes and these dreams of a great tomorrow that God wanted to bring in. But they had terrible implementation of those plans and purposes. See, a lot of people foolishly think that just because God says it, it's going to happen. Well, sometimes, yes, sometimes God says something like when he said, let there be light, nobody could stop the light from being produced. There wasn't anybody around to stop it, but nonetheless. But when God says to a group of people in the region, this is what I want for your region, it puts a demand on the people in that region to rise up and work with God's will to bring it to pass. God will empower, God will direct, God will motivate, God will even um, do his part to bring it to pass. But he's looking for those who will be in not just a verbal agreement, but action and lifestyle agreement to help bring it to pass. And what I mean by that, remember in the Word of God, God tells Abraham, hey, you're going to have a child. And, you know, oh, I'm too old. My wife is too old. We're all too old. They start complaining about how old they were. Okay. But a lot of people look at, well, if it was God, it would just happen. It doesn't work that way sometimes. you you got to know that Abraham and Sarah had to go do something to work with that word. You're going to have a baby. Okay, we better get busy. I won't say any more, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that you're all smart enough to uh, get the picture of what I'm alluding to. But if they would have went and slept in separate beds for the next five years, that baby never would have come. And somebody would said, "See, God's a false prophet." No, he's not. He, when he gives us a word like that, he expects us to work with the word to bring the word to pass. That's our part. So when you have, I remember Kim Clement. Those of you may may not know him. He was a, a really strong prophet um, in the body of Christ. He he's passed away just the last few years. Anyways, um. He prophesied one time, I remember a meeting, one of the last meetings that he had in our region, and it was hosted by a group of pastors. And he said to these pastors, he says, you pastors, if you would just get together and pray and just really seek my face together, get together, pray, seek my face, there will be a move of God launched in this region that it would be unprecedented. And I got super excited because prayer has always been my thing. And I always tried to get pastors and church leaders together to pray. So as soon as that meeting was over, I went and I found one of the uh, hosting pastors, I, said, I told him, listen, hey, um, that word from Kim Clement is right on. And if you guys start a prayer meeting, let me know. I'll be there. And the guy was so arrogantly and pompously just smacking his gun, like staring at me like he could care less about what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. If we get anything going, I'll let you know. Turned around and walked away. I went, okay, whatever. He didn't get it. Went and found another pastor, one of the host pastors. There were several pastors that hosted him. Found another host pastor. Hey, um, if you guys get that prayer meeting together like Prophet Kim just said, let me know. I'll be there. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you know, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Turned around and walked away. Another pastor. Hey, by this time I wasn't, you know, too excited anymore. Uh, Not about the word, but about these guys. Okay, listen, dude. If you're gonna get a prayer meeting together, just let me know. All right, just let me know. I'll be there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we'll talk about it. We'll we'll get the word out. We'll. I'm sure we'll let you know. Do you know that was? Well, that was many, many years ago. And those guys never got together to pray. Not once, that I know of. Another pastor who wasn't part of that group tried to get a prayer meeting together. He was a charismatic guy, and he invited a bunch of pastors. I went to the very first one, and of course he lays down the round, ground rules for that meeting. and And he says, "Okay, you know, just so we don't offend." And we there was some, there was some, you know, Baptist in the room, and I think there was a Presbyterian or whatever. And so most everybody was uh, charismatic in that room. Most everybody, large portion of them. And then we were all told that we can't pray in tongues. Um, I just went, this ain't going nowhere. You already put, you already told Holy Spirit, he's not welcome here. This ain't going nowhere. And you're caving in to the lowest common denominator in the room. This isn't going nowhere. So I still went to a couple of those prayer meetings. And they, let me tell you, they were dry and boring. And uh, then it just soon fizzled out. Why? Well, because they were dry and boring. No Holy Spirit, it just is dry and and it is boring. And it fizzled out. Many, I mean, that's so many years ago. And before anybody says, well, why didn't you do anything? I did. I put together some meetings called Tearing Down the Walls where we would rent halls to bring in people. Uh, so they didn't have to go like, well, I don't want to go to that church. I don't want to lose my members of that church. So we'd rent school rooms and such, auditoriums at schools and such. And I would get worship teams that weren't necessarily connected and bring people together and so we uh and we were already praying weekly and we put the word out to all the pastors and all the churches in the entire region that we're going to be praying we're praying weekly more than welcome to come and join us and so few of them did but nonetheless we put together these meetings we advertised it we put it out there i would i didn't want to set myself up as as the speaker because i was kind of hosting it so i wanted other. So our very first meeting, I had two pastors that were going to come in and do some tag team ministry and preaching. They both agreed. They were on the, uh, on the flyers in, in all of the invitations and, and, and such, and neither of those pastors showed up. Not only did neither of those pastors show up, but nobody from their church showed up. It was primarily the people of my church that were supporting me, my family, and just a small handful. I'm talking like maybe five other people from other places that just wanted to come and check it out. I had this huge auditorium rented that would seat hundreds of people. I had this phenomenal, and the worship team that we were able to put together together, was phenomenal, fantastic. And uh, we had everything rented. We had everything at, at my expense. It was all at my expense. We didn't have a budget. We didn't have anybody giving. It was all at my expense. And we put this together. And the two pastors that agreed to be there to speak and to minister never even showed up. Never even told me they weren't going to show up. Just did not show up. This is what we've had to deal with, ladies and gentlemen. So anyways, my point on all of that is we have these words. We have this move. Going back to Prophet Rion he's saying i don't feel this it was such a downer to me not because he was lying not because he was a he himself was a downer but because i knew everything in me that what he just said was true because the the leadership in our region dropped the ball and since that time my my wife my church our leadership at our church have been doing our best to fill the gap in prayer and in on every level that we possibly can But we're one church in the entire region. And every, it seems, I'm not going to say all of them, but so many of the pastors, not just in our area, but all over, are doing things to pump themselves, to make themselves look good, that they're neglecting and forgetting about the call of God and the overall move of God in a region. It's like, I want to do this thing to make me and my church look so grand and so good. Why not just get out there and change the atmosphere of the entire region? Not only will you look good, but ultimately, and the biggest thing god will look good people will come to christ the entire region will change but they have such short short short-sightedness no vision and for the most part i'm not going to say completely it was lost now don't get me wrong when i say lost those words of god's move is still here looming in the atmosphere of this region and what do we do we pull on them we resurrect them we bring them back to the altar and that's what me and my church have been focusing on basically doing but so much better When the collective body of Christ in a given region gets it. Because collectively we can push forward. Collectively we can do it. Now what does this have to do with all this communist nonsense and Marxism in Mexico and also here? Well, ladies and gentlemen, what you see in the church manifests in culture and society. Okay, You have pastors that won't show up for one reason or another. Often it's most likely because they are not the ones that are getting all the credit. They're not getting the glory, so they're not going to be a part of it. It's just the way it works in modern uh, Western Christianity, unfortunately. I'm not saying everywhere. I'm just saying in many churches and many places. And then, so that means that the, their church members are not going to show up because they usually follow the step of their leader, their pastor. So the pastor's not going to be there. The church people are not going to be there. Oh, and then we have a rally. And then the just your average everyday person who's against these things doesn't show up why because the atmosphere for laziness and and blindness in that sense has been created by the leadership of the church you see all the way back even to this movie for greater glory for greater glory it was the church that was Predominantly in the fight against communism. The church. It was the Catholic Church, but the Catholic Church believing in Jesus, standing up and fighting against the the, um, communism. That's anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-everything good. And it was the church that stood up. So why is it in Mexico, the church stood up and was willing to lay their life On the line to fight for something like that and if you see the movie you understand what I'm saying they literally laid down their life to fight for something they believed in but the church here in America and even in my right in my own hometown can't even figure out what's right or what's wrong And then when there is a rally to fight against something that's clearly anti-Christ, anti-God, anti-Bible, they can't even show up. But I can almost guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, that if we built a platform out there and says, we want you to be the keynote speaker at this event, oh, they would show up. But say, we just want you to show up and with your people, let's wave some flags and shout some slogans and stand against this. No. And that's the way it's been. It's really sickening to me. It really is sickening to me, and it it really just leaves an emptiness in my own stomach over some of this nonsense. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to overcome all of this. We're going to rise up. Voices are going to be heard. People are going to stand strong. I just hope it's not too late. I really hope that it's not too late. I hope that we can take, you know, um, a cue or follow the lead of these Mexican pastors. I'm sorry, not pastors, parents, parents in Mexico that said enough's enough. We're getting rid of this garbage and demanding that it stops, Ladies and gentlemen, if we don't do that, who will? If we don't stand for our nation, for our future, for our children's future, our grandchildren's future, who will? It's time. It's time to rise up, Americans. It's time to stand strong, Americans, and show the world who we really are. Thank you for choosing Table Flippers podcast. To find our merchandise page, go to gwcclancaster.org. Then find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and it'll take you right there. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Say goodbye, Chippy. Goodbye.